Hey y'all, welcome to Repent, Revive, Redeem. We hope you enjoy this new episode. And as always, you know, subscribe, follow us on Spotify, and we hope you enjoy it. Yeah, it's it's, going to be a grand old time. All right. Enjoy the episode. All right. Well, welcome back. Sorry for the absence in content over the last two months we're kind of in the middle of a pandemic and uh personally i was uh in the process of graduating and trying not to tear my hair out with my last classes but here we are so today we have a variety of people uh in this podcast so we're gonna go around the room so we got lucas gore Sitting by the bed. How's Luke, it going, guys? Luke, say something interesting about yourself. Um, I am five foot eight and three quarter inches tall. So, wow. ladies, he's six foot tall. <laughs> All right. We got Sam Jackamar. Yeah, that's me. Okay, something interesting about oh, yourself. Man, uh, man, I don't like chocolate or babies. You don't like babies. <laughs> oh, we're starting this again. All right, <laughs> ladies. Don't date Sam. Oh, oh dang. Dang. <laughs> No comment. And then, but he will lick mayonnaise off someone's forehead. That is very right true. There. And there is a picture. There's a video. And a video. <laughs> so if you find this video, I highly suggest it. If you're not queasy. And then subbing in for the late and great Jared Compton, we have Peter Foster. Yeah. Peter, tell us why you want to gain 50, 50 pounds with your friends. I mean, it already happened. It's been um, discipled into me from my great small group leader Ricardo Gomez who <laughs> Ricardo Gomez <laughs> We are sorry for the mispronunciation. You wanna I mean, try round two? Um Bennett? No. Um Gonzalez <laughs> Ricardo Gonzalez, he started the trend. Um we all thought it was a great trend. As for the next generation above me, David Barrera, he also got that and then you know how to continue it on, and here we are, 50 pounds later. Praise God. We're proud of you. Thank you. Small golf clap for that. I think you have, uh, have you set a record yet? Um, a record of what? Of the net gain. Of the net gain, uh, no, we haven't, we haven't had that conference yet, but that, we're going to. We're going to have a weight class. Jarrett, you're next. Uh, Jarrett, well, Jarrett's got to eat food before he... Yeah, you got at least 50 chicken tenders a day will maybe suffice. Maybe. And then we have our friend Joseph, one of Sam's friends, tagging in. And, you know, it's such a pleasure to have a new face around and and getting to know new people. So, Joseph, tell us something interesting about yourself. Um, I guess something interesting about, about me would be I have a great passion for music, and I'm probably the best dancer here. Yo, Ooh, let's go. Hey. I feel a competition coming All on right. up here. Remember that Allstate commercial? Humble. He's like, so, so Joseph is, is like Moses, you know. <laughs> He's like, He's I am the most humble man. man in the world. But really, I am. So, anyways, well, guys, like, it's been a minute, and there's been a lot that's been happening in the world. And, you know, we, we currently, uh, we're going through a pandemic, and, you know, that's kind of, subsided for a little bit and then we have uh the the protests that are going on right now so we're going to hit a little bit on everything um 
but the reason why uh, the name of this title of this podcast is We're on a Sinking Ship, or We're Taking on Water, rather, is is because it's just that. And, you know, this this nation is, is taking on water, and um, it's sinking, quite frankly. And there are some people holding on to the boat, believing that the boat will stay above the above the waves, but there are also those who are who love the Lord and, and who uh, who know the boat is sinking and, and telling everybody to get off the boat. Um, so I want to start off with a story. And uh, and actually I was I was on a sinking ship, um, IRL. I almost died. So uh, the story goes, I was uh, I was fishing with my dad and a couple of under, other friends at uh, the bay in Texas of Texas, Laguna Madre is what it's called, and. Um, and we go out in the morning and the evenings to fish. Well, we were going out early one morning, and it was a beautiful day, like picturesque day. And uh, and we we're cruising down the channel at about 50 miles an hour, which is like stupid fast for a boat. Yeah. And um, and these channels were marked by essentially 20 to 30 foot telephone poles sticking out of the water to tell you, hey, like you're in this side of the channel. Uh, and it was also used for cargo ships that would navigate up and down the Laguna Madre. Well, we're cruising at 50, and it's a beautiful day, so there's a lot of distracting going on. And uh, and anyways, my it was, there were six of us on this on this boat, and it was centerlined. So it was me and one of my friends up front. Then it was it was uh, my dad and another friend, and then two guys in the back of the boat. And like I said, we're cruising, like we're 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 flying, man. Like I looked like Beyonce for a little bit, like hair in the wind, and man, looked beautiful for a second. <laughs> Fantastic. Gotta love the jokes, but but anyways, know what I'm saying? But anyways, so these telephone poles are like are are there, and we passed one probably like by 30 feet. It was pretty close, but it wasn't too close to really spook anybody, but. The next thing I know is I'm looking forward, and I see this telephone pole about a half mile out, and that's how far these, these poles are spaced out. And I'm, like, not thinking about anything. But then we're a couple seconds go by, and, and now it's a quarter mile out, and our, traject- and our, and our trajectory, our heading is, is still on this telephone pole. And I'm like, okay, like, we're getting closer, but surely, like, my dad will see this, this pole, like, coming up. And then we get about a tenth of a mile away from this pole and at this point I realized we're going to hit it and we're going 50 miles an hour and you don't have any time to think so uh, my buddy and I who were up who were up front we we look we we turn around we say hey do you see the pole and nobody saw it except us and at the last second the boat turned the uh, my dad turned the wheel of the boat but it was too late and we ended up hitting this thing going 50 miles an hour. And and if you've ever been on a boat, on like a fishing boat or like a, a pontoon boat or any kind of boat for that matter, small craft, you do not have seat belts. You do not have any way of holding yourself in if you abruptly stop. On top of that, none of us had any life preservers on. But yet all of us are here. Nobody got hurt. And the way we hit this pole was at a perfect angle where the wheel was turned just at the right moment to where we pinballed off of the pole and just came to a stop. If we were at another angle, if we were hit it head on, I would not be talking today because I would have hit that pole going 50 miles an hour 
or broken a limb and drowned because I didn't have a life preserver on. If we would have hit it a little further to the rear of the boat, what would have happened is the guys in the back of the boat would have hit that pole going 50 miles an hour, and then the momentum that was carrying us on the water would have caused the boat to pivot around the pole to capsize. So all of us wouldn't be here. But it was totally from the Lord that we hit it at just the right angle to where we just bounced off and nobody got thrown from the boat. Yeah, we were in a different position than where we originally were. Right. Right? That's physics. Yeah. <laughs> but none of us were thrown from this boat. But as soon as the shock of, oh my gosh, we just hit a pole going 50 miles an hour was, was over, we realized that we're probably taking on water. Because there's no way that we hit a immovable force going that quickly with a carbon fiber boat yeah. that there wasn't like permanent damage and and we we're going to sink well miraculously we didn't sink <laughs> and you know as as fishermen do we we fished that day and caught a limit of fish but but the moral of the story is is that we thought we were on a sinking ship and when you have that epiphany that you're going down and you're and you're warning others around you that hey we're going down and they're like nah we're fine we're not going anywhere but you're seeing the water at your ankles what are you going to do about it you know and um and yeah just recently like i i've you know we've been in this in this in these protests and and this awful thing happened to, to George Floyd where you know he was you know murdered by that by that officer in my opinion and and honestly like you know that the cup that has been full of water full of hurt full of bitterness and and everything else had finally tipped over yeah. Yeah. and now we see what we're seeing right now but my question is if you are in a position of spiritual leadership what are you doing about it you know, and I've seen a lot. Like we've we've all seen a lot over right. the last week, frankly. Yeah. And we've seen all types of responses. Not from you know, I'm not talking about you know people who are in in, in leadership positions, but just everybody in general. In general, yeah. Yeah. you have you have everybody from another time. You have people who who are indifferent about it, who are like, well, this always happens, and. It's always going to happen, and there's not going to be a change. And then you have people who are rioting and destroying and taking opportunities to to fight back because they think that this is the only response that is 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 proper for something like this. But at the same point in time, both extremes are breaking God's heart. Right. Yeah. Right. And. You know, I I've been I've been reading Jeremiah lately, and if you haven't read Jeremiah before, it's a it's it's a great book in the Old Testament. One of the you know prophet one of the major prophets in the Old Testament. And the more I read Jeremiah, the more I can relate with God, or that I can see that God relates with us. Yeah. And it really puts into perspective a father figure that that God is, you know, and. And in some of these verses, it just breaks my heart because, like, he promises, like, Israel all of these things, all of these blessings, but yet Israel's like, I don't care. 
I don't want you, and we're going to worship our own idols and our own gods, and we're going to glorify ourselves and, and take on all these cultures from from everywhere under the sun but you. But we'll only go to you in times of, of grief, in times of tragedy, and in times where we want to use you. And um, I'm going to read a verse real quick from Jeremiah 3. It's verse 19. And uh, it's the Lord speaking. He says, How gladly would I treat you like my children and give you a pleasant land, the most beautiful inheritance of any nation. And I thought you would call me father and not turn away from following me. And then in verse 20 he says, But like a woman unfaithful to her husband, so is so you Israel have been unfaithful to me. And I just honestly wept at, at that fact because, you know, everybody's like, if you're... All of us have, have had experience like ministering to somebody on campus and mm -hmm. if you've ever asked the question like who do you think God is or what's your image of God, yeah. you know, you'll have that response of, well, I think he's just the old guy in the sky controlling everything, man, and he's not really that personal to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And man. Huh? Sadie, <laughs> But uh <laughs> But the <laughs> 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 But that's not the case at all. Because he has great plans for each and every one of us. And he shows that through through Jeremiah. And and then the in some following verses he says, I cry, I weep bitterly over you. And what a time right now that we're in. Because we because reading this, I like I know that God's empathizing with us. Because God knows that sorrow he knows that hurt. He knows that bitterness. Because God is jealous for each and every one of us. He's chasing after our hearts. And that's why all of creation longs for him. It cries out to him. Because it just, it, it proves that he's chasing after our hearts. But there are, there are right responses and there are wrong responses. There's, there's a conviction that says God is building an army and not an audience. Yeah. Right? And with this response, we are seeing a lot of the audience, at least from my perspective, I'm seeing a lot of the audience. And I'll get into the definition of an army here in a second. But what, and I'm, I might be crossing a fine line here, and I've, I've, I, felt, I feel led to, to say some things, but, you know, just bear with me. But when you're on Instagram, when you're on Facebook, when you have the anonymity of the internet behind you and you're posting things that make you look like you care but you're indifferent about the fact then you're not helping anybody it's true. Yeah. you are not helping anybody and you, honestly that's a selfish thing to do because you're making yourself look good and giving a, a proper uh, you're propping yourself up basically and that's the wrong thing to do you're on one of the extremes that I like I said. But what are you doing spiritually? Mm -hmm. And this is the army perspective. What are you doing spiritually? And I, I, I talked to one one of my spiritual leaders um, and heroes the other day about the issue because I want other people's perspective on it. Because it's good to get other people's perspective on the issue. And he told me that people are, are overextending their spheres of influence. 
And and I know if you listened to the Kai Alpha podcast yesterday, Eli, our, our head pastor, if you haven't watched it, Eli talked about a, a similar thing. But I find it very true and very evident at this time. Because like I said, when you have a spear, so think of it like this. You have, think of it as a bullseye. So on the inner bull, that's your sphere of influence. Those are the people you have around you, your friends, your family, your, your brothers and sisters in Christ, if you're a Christian, mm-hmm. that you have influence over, that you can pray for, that you can fellowship with, that you can like honestly fight with that you have control over, that God's given, you know, ha- has allowed you to, to have control over and have a say in things. But as soon as you step into that outer bowl and you're outside your sphere of influence and that sphere of influence is taking over your thoughts, your actions, and your feelings, you have no control over it. So here's the thing. And this is my... This is what the Lord's been speaking to me because because intercession is such a powerful thing. But when you get on your face and you pray and you intercede on other people's behalf, God records it. God records every single tear you shed over anybody or anything, right? And so what are you doing? What what are you doing? Are you are you are you are you being superficial and saying you care about this issue? Like, I I remember back in March and April when everybody's been cooped up because of, we had our, our lockdowns that we couldn't have more than 10 people around. And everybody was, was either being alone by themselves or growing you know, further away from the Lord or, or growing closer to the Lord. And, and I remember talking to a couple of people saying, oh, I can't wait to, to have fellowship with my friends again. I can't wait to see my friends again and, and my brothers and, and my my sisters and, and everybody. I can't wait for Corona to end. I can't wait for these lockdowns to lift and I'll, I'm going to rejoice and, because I, it's been a long time coming. Yeah. And people have prayed that prayer fervently over those two months. But how quickly did they forget about that prayer when that sphere of influence, that outer bowl, took hold of their thought life? And they just threw it away when God provided it. And if this is you, if you feel convicted right now, I'm you know, I'm not gonna say I'm sorry. Because that's the Holy Spirit. And quite frankly, like, speaking of justice, the Lord spoke to me in a word the other night. Because I was like, Lord, show me your justice. And it's recorded scripturally. You you can look this up if you want to do a Bible study. But he came to me and he said, Cole, this is my version of justice. And he pointed me to Psalms 34, where he's near to the weary and brokenhearted. And then I forget the other Psalms that it's in, but he says, the the weary and the brokenhearted, those who, who cannot fend for themselves, come to me and come under my wing. And I'll be their witness. And I'll be I'll testify for them. When they don't have a voice, I will have a voice over their life. And that's what you have to rely on, is that even though physically you might not see justice at the end of the day, at judgment day, you will see that justice carried out. That's true. 
because then you'll see there'll be a sea of witnesses testifying whether or not that this person really loved the Lord. And that's justice. That's righteousness. And it says the Lord longs, He lavishes in His justice and His righteousness. And it, it was such a wonderful discovery to me because people are meriting their version of justice based on their own hearts. Mm-hmm. And they're taking matters into their own hands. And in, like I, in, in Jeremiah, he says, the heart is inherently wicked and beyond cure. But Jesus is the only cure for that heart. Because he wants to exchange his heart for yours, and that's what he did on the cross. And that's what he did for each and every one of us. When he said it is finished, and he took hold of all the burdens on the world, all the sins of the world. And it's it's just been hitting me hard. It's been hitting me hard. Because at first I was like, I don't know how to respond to this, so I'm just going to pray. And that's the thing. Because in, in Scripture it says to pray without ceasing. Pray without, pray, pray without ceasing for things that don't, like, that are in, not indifferent, but that just happen to you every day. Being in a, an attitude of, of thankfulness and gratefulness. You know, because even when the world seems like it's falling apart, you're still walking, you're still breathing, you're still moving, and and all these great things are still happening to you. Dig deep into Scripture, dig deep into God's Word, because you'll find worth in what He says you are. Because if anything, you should not find worth in what other people think about you, you should not find worth on what you think about yourself. You should find worth in what God thinks about you. And that's personally what I had to overcome over the last couple of years. Because that's a huge part of my testimony. Because I thought that nobody loved me for the longest time. And a little bit about my testimony is I was actually uh, a little suicidal yeah. junior in high school. But that insecurity, turn, I, I turned that insecurity over I gave that to the Lord and he met me when he said I love you more than anything else and I don't want you to leave my grasp and just like in Jeremiah how are you going to react to that are you going to react out of the out of the anger and hurt and bitterness in your heart to the situations around you and take it into your own hands and cause more hate and more bitterness and more hurt or are you going to give it to the Lord Are you going to give it to him and have him and truly surrender everything to him? Because like I said, we're not battling people. We're not battling physical things. Spiritually, we're battling ideas and principalities and strongholds that have taken their grip on people's lives. And we're trying to say, hey, turn the other way because there's a life that is so much more fruitful and beneficial and so much more amazing through Jesus because only through him can he can you be 
truly free. Only through Him can you really say, I'm free and I know I'm free. Because every chain in your life will be broken if you trust in Him with everything. Every little minute detail in your life. Every major detail in your life. And I'm going to go off on, on another tangent, but like people are so quickly to give up their bad. <laughs> So quickly to give up their bad things. Here we go. Like, Lord, give, get rid of my anxiety. Get rid of my, my pride. Get rid of this, that, and the other. But when it comes to the good things that you have going for you, your talents, your skills, your abilities, your, your innate ability to think critically, people are like, I don't want to give that to you. Right. Yeah. I don't want to give that up. Because I think I, I can do more with it than you can ever do with it, God. But you can have all my terrible things about me. But in that case, you're not being purified by His Holy Spirit. You're you're rejecting it. You're rejecting Him. And it took me a while to do it to to get rid of my to give Him my goods, <laughs> everything that's going for me. Yeah. And that's true surrender. You know. But. You have the amazing ability to do something to fight for God's rights in this moment, in this time in history, or every day for that matter. You have the ability to fight for His rights. You have the ability to uphold His laws and fight for His heart because He sent His only Son to die for you when you were still an enemy of him. Think about that. So what do you guys think? Because I have been monologuing for pretty much 23 minutes now. Alright. My number one thought during this whole entire time is just... Oh, I need to be loud. Like, how do you leak loud? Okay. Um, my number one thought during this whole entire season has been just as a society as a whole, Christians, the church, just the society in general has become so lukewarm that we've moved from absolute morals and absolute morality that we find in scripture every day to compromising stance that is, I probably should scoot closer than Mike to like just compromising, compromising, compromising. Um, I start seeing it during the COVID season, which is, yeah, I, I don't have to go out and share my heart. I don't have to go out and share um, my inner cathedral or have to even reach out all for the Lord um, because, you know, it's the off season. It's just time to stay safe, stay at home. Um, but as it's, it's been just continuation in society, I feel like, um, but as society's gone farther and farther away from the Bible, it's, it's been scary. And this whole entire season right now that we're entering into is exact repercussion because of that. Um, I keep on seeing this, this quote on Twitter and Facebook a lot. It's, um, 
it's basically comparing sin to one another. It's um, the idea that murder, if we can murder each other, what's so bad about rioting? I'm like, we're trying to answer, we've, got, we've fallen so far as society in general that we are now trying to answer a grotesque sin with another sin and there's ab no absolute morality anymore in America yep. and wow. it is our responsibility to fight for that because it's this season this season's been dark but it's going to get darker if we don't if we don't take up our cross now and go out like it's it's been just continually down spiral and it's going to go faster and faster kind of like it did Israel before the Babylon, um, before Nebuchadnezzar took over. It's just going to keep on going down unless we take a stand right now for Christ. And it's been, it's been scary, but it's also encouraging knowing that, that we really do have the truth and society can't give you the truth right now. Yeah. Uh, I think you said something really good, uh, Peter. I, I've, been reading Old Testament a lot um, here lately, and and um, when looking at the Israelites, um, they, there was a, a time where they were they were fighting a lot um, and, and fighting against each other, and and you know obviously many other nations. And um, <clears throat> the next chapter, I read it, um, and it, it took me it took me off my feet a little bit. I was about in tears just. The next chapter after all the fighting was was a sacrifice to God, and yeah. and realized they realized what happened, and they wept. Um, they they really actually understood what was happening, what was going on, um, and the reason behind the fighting was corrected um, and and changed. And people wept for that, but also got their heart in, in the right spot. And and so so much that you know Cole talked on Peter you know and the, what this main podcast is even about is you know where where are you spiritually what are you doing spiritually what is the the fight behind the spiritual battle rather than seeing the battle and you know and um, what our nation is putting putting our faith in and rather than putting our faith in God. Um, one of the big charges that we can do, and and I'm still in this straight from Jacob Trim, and I'm pretty sure he stole this from Daniel Owen, or I don't, <laughs> who knows. I've heard so many names, but there's a conversation that um, was had, but like God, you know this this came up so so quickly, um, but how much and how fast can God move in revival? Wow. And yeah. and if we move and and we get our hearts right. And we spent so much time in, in this COVID season, um, and this, <laughs> again, I'm just still in some, somebody else's words, so this is from Eli, but um, Eli was talking about one Sunday where he said, uh, he said, you know, you can sit here and you can keep saying, you know, if I had time, I would be prepared, and, and then I would spread the word. And, th right. and, and Eli looked at the whole congregation, he said, you've had two months. Yep. He said, you've, had, you've had your two months. Like, um, you couldn't go out and witness at times. Like, there was times where physically, like, like it's not like you could be on campus or we could be on yeah. you know in the streets like 
that wasn't what we were supposed to do it. But when we went out in public, we we you know spread the gospel. He said, but you had two months where it was guaranteed that you had more alone time and more time with God, or you should have, yeah. than than probably any other time in your life. Um, and and now is the time to step forward and keep going. Um, and so back to what Jacob Trim was saying last night in the XA podcast or Summercast was, you know, what how fast can God move in revival? And uh, it, Tozer says the exact same thing where it says if you you know you can spend a week with someone and get to know them how like if you can get that close to someone to a friend in that week, how close do you think you can get to God if you spent that yeah. same amount of time? And how much time do you think God can move in revival and revival and quick and how quick can He do that? Um, when we when our hearts are right and and we're spreading the gospel of a new heart and yeah. the heart that Jesus gives, preparing for the jump, preparing for you know what, what's going on in our life, not not because it's it makes our life easier, because it's the easy ride or it's the you know it's the comfortable ride, but it's the ride that says you know like Lord, I'm going to follow you because you know. You're everything. Yeah. Yeah. I think something that, that Michael Weidman said to, to Luke and I actually in, in our uh, company at the beginning of COVID was that we're dealing with attitudes, not just actions and thoughts, yeah. but mm-hmm. yeah. people's attitudes. Yeah. Um, and I, I saw recently like the, the list of demands for the NAACP, and I was like, that's awesome systemically, but at the end of the day, that's not going to stop somebody that hates another person from hating another person. Right. Yeah. Right. What, what really you're dealing with is is the heart issue behind it. And, um, and everything that I could do to, to say, um, like in a protest or anything, that's awesome. But, um, but we're dealing with the hearts of people, you know, and that's, that's the battlefield that, that God gave us. And, um, and at the end of the day, that's what, that's what we need to be fighting for the most is, is the hearts of these people and the hearts of, of everybody around us. Um, like Cole was saying, like we have a sphere of influence and we have a, a tight sphere that we can actually control and that we can actually do do things with and and the people in that sphere are the ones that that we need to help and um, yeah. and those are people whose hearts we need to really really pour into um, during this time of just uncertainty and fear and anger, you know? Yeah, yeah. I there's there's a, a um, in in the past oh I don't know week um, I've. I've actually been going out, um, and and some days you get to see a lot more people than others. Just how life is right now. It's summer, um, and and you know some days you're hanging out with your Christian friends, and some days you actually get to be around non-Christians. And either way, you're a witness in, in either sense. Um, but I can tell you, in the past week, I've seen influence, my influence, um, and, and victory. Maybe because of a seed that was planted before Corona. Or, or even a seed planting during or, or even after now, but but the topics and conversations that you can have, the 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 victory is coming when the new heart comes right. and yeah. and yeah. that that change. I, I'm I'm thinking of a guy I saw him today. Um, where I, I'm telling you, six months ago, um, what a cussed you out left and right. What a it just was a it's just a strong individual and. Um, Today, the first words out of his mouth when I saw him were, "Our world needs church, wow. and they need God." And yeah. like that was that was it. And and to have him tell me that that's something that I would always say, you know. But like mm-hmm. to have him, to, I was like, "There is victory coming, and, and it's when we have a new heart, and and we can't fight the battle 
that we're seeing now, right? Because when we fight that, we become six months late for the next one. Right. Yeah. yeah. You have to prepare for the battle that's coming. But that that preparation is not fighting the rules and regs that we need or are supposed to have in our world, but yeah. it's fighting for the heart that that prepares for the next. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. like I totally uh, agree with you guys, and like I want to kind of speak from this from like a black perspective. Go ahead. Um, per se, like when all of this went down and everything, and like how the officer, you know, killed and pretty much killed that guy, it hurted me so much because I was like. It seems like there's another cop killing another black man and another person, another person. But, like, I prayed to God, and I was like, God, what should I do about this situation? What should I do? Because at that time, I wasn't really thinking in a godly manner. I was thinking, like, another black person's dead. And then I was in that moment of, like, full of hatred and anger towards, like, the whole police system and everything like that. But I had to, like, pray to God because I was like, I was like, I can't go out here and protest and everything because I wouldn't be protesting God. I would have been protesting, like, Black Lives Matter or something like that. Not saying there's anything bad about them or what they're doing. But, like, I it was, been, it was my own conviction saying, hey, you can't just go out here and just, like, promote this and not promote Christ in all the situations. Right. Yeah. And, like, and what ended up happening was, like, last night I had seen something. And, was, and I was kept asking that, like, what what do I need to do? How can I fight this? And last night I was watching a Kai Alpha podcast, and they were talking about the way you can fight this is if you go after the hearts and not after, like, hurting people or bashing people or protesting. But if you just go out and encourage others and saying, hey, Jesus loves you and Jesus wants you to be follow after him, you know, love him and go this way instead of going wrong and, like, following after hatred and the fear from like social media and everything else where they're posting up the negative sides like this and then the other sides are posting up racist stuff you know including all that fear and like something I had to do is get off social media because it was starting to make me afraid to even go outside it was making me afraid to even like hang out with my friends who I knew for a long time but just because the color of their skin which that's not right and like God was pretty much breaking it down and saying hey you don't have to be afraid of these people. You don't have to be afraid of this. You don't have to, like, worry about what's going to happen because I got you. Yeah. But what I need you to do is learn how to go after their hearts and help them and love them. And the last thing I want to say is I know everybody is angry about the whole situation and stuff, but there's not a person that Jesus didn't die for. So yeah, yeah. with Jesus, so God is hurting over the person who got over George Floyd, the guy who got killed, but he's also hurting over that police officer and the rest of them because he's hurting for them because they're lost souls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. That's good. That's just, that's really good. Good word. Yeah. There's once again always going to be absolute. There's going to be justice in the end, and God's weeping. God's weeping on both sides right now. Both sides. There's lost souls everywhere. Once again, we can't. We can't just answer absolute evil with another lesser evil like it's still evil you're still creating more sin in the world right now um the one thing the lord's been putting on my heart during this whole entire covid season has been ground zero is in prayer right now yes you the lord has to go out before us and the only way you're going to get the ear of the lord the only way you're going to get the vision of the Lord, the only way you're going to get the Lord's heart is going to be through prayer and in his word. 
and that's going to have to be the foundation. It can't be just out of emotion. It can't be out of fear. We're not we're not fighting things in flesh and blood. We're going to just rely on our own flesh. Our flesh is wicked, and it's just going to produce more hatred in this world right now. And it's the Lord's weeping for all sides right now. Yeah, that's good. So for everybody who calls yourself a Christian. There needs to be a calling of intercession. There needs to be a calling of getting close to God in times like this. Yeah. Yeah. And getting on your face mm. and praying. Amen. And I'm not talking about a traditional ritualistic prayer. I'm talking about a prayer from the heart. Yeah. And if you've been hurting from all of this or from something else, talk to Him about it. Because you'll come to realize that the peace that transcends all understanding that comes from Jesus will wash over you. Yep. Confess with your mouth, you know. But in that same process, now is a time to to sow hope seed into others. Right. To say, hey, I know you're hurt. It's empathizing. I know you're hurt. Or if you don't know they're hurt, be honest and be like I may not know you're hurt but I know that all of it will disappear all of it will be you'll be transformed by what Jesus can do to your heart because that's what he did for me Amen. so in this time of chaos and anarchy from the world's perspective it's time to, to seek solidarity and fortitude in God. So guys, we're back. Yeah. We're not going to go on another two-month hiatus. Hope not. <laughs> we'll probably do bi-weekly podcasts. If not, we'll throw in a couple, you know, we'll throw one or two in yeah, weekly. We'll just see what everybody's availability is. Let your yes be yes. Let your yes be yes and no's be no's. Yikes. (laughs) So, daily? Welcome to the Daily Breakfast Podcast with your hosts. So, Jared Compton. Jared Compton. You already know what it is. All right. Well, guys, have a great rest of your evening. Have a great week. Have a great summer. Yep. And just seek the Lord on every single thing. Yeah. All right, guys. Take care. See you. See you guys.